stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. I jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping out on the streets. The traffic starts jumping for folks like me on the job nine to five. Working nine to five, what a way to make a living. Come on, working nine to five. Crazy in here. Hey, we're gonna get to uh, the message in just a moment. Uh, nine to five, Dolly Parton in church. Somebody, somebody in the Baptist church I grew up in just rolled over in their grave right now. They just, they don't know why they hate it, but they hate it. They hate it. Hey, right before we jump into the message, uh, one thing I want to make you aware of, two things actually. One, uh, we do have a different service here at Winter Park. If you want to come to the 9 a.m. or the, uh, the noon and find a seat quicker, we love you at 1030. I love a full room. Come every single week. But if you want less traffic and a seat, noon would be great. But just keep coming here. I love this. Uh, welcome Sanford and Oviedo as well. But we have our men's night coming up September 8th. Come on, where are the men at in all of our auditoriums? Come on, it's absolutely free this year. Night of worship, fun, community. Going to have a big cookout uh, after party, uh, a message from uh, Pastor Eddie uh, Rivera. Come on, you excited about, more excited about the food or Pastor Eddie? I, I'm 50-50, so 
Love Eddie and love food. And so, and what's better than uh, food is free food. And so we got free food. Uh, got some competition, some fun stuff here. Register at theactionchurch.com forward slash men's night. Nine to five song fest week one. Uh, some of the lyrics to begin the song were tumble out of bed, stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a, a cup of ambition. H- how many how many people in a work week, in a back-to-school season, just in life, how many morning people? Where are my morning people at here? We have a 9 a.m. service. What are you doing at 10.30? <laughs> morning people. You just wake up, and you're just shuffling and dancing and happy and annoying. <laughs> Very annoying. Where are, my, where are my snooze people at? You love to hit the snooze button. Just plan my snoozes. You know, I just... I'm going to wake up here, but I don't really want to wake up, so I'm going to sleep some more, and they get louder and more progressive as they go further along. The line of the song says, just, just barely getting up, just barely getting by. Where, where am I, am I getting by people at? Come on, just barely getting by. Come on, it's, it's back to school season. How many people just barely got by in school? How many parents are happy that school is going back right now? If that's not a time for a praise break, just, just take five seconds, just praise God. Just right where you are for your, your kids going back to school. I'm a quality time father, not a quantity time father. Come on, somebody. <laughs> see you in the morning, see you in the afternoon, see you on the weekend. I don't want to see you all day. Just kidding, Bentley. I love you so much. Dad's just joking. This is what he does for work. And so just kidding. But seriously, it's great when the kids go back to school. Just getting by. It's nine to five. We could just struggle Barely waking up, barely getting by. I barely got by in school. Anybody else barely get by in school? Come on, C's get degrees. Come on, the A students work for the C students. Ask Pastor Tyler. (laughs) It's true. Just barely got by in school. One of the things I hated in school was in math, I wasn't good in a lot of things in school, but I was really good uh, at math. But what I hated was that I could figure out the problem without showing my work. Anybody else hate the teachers that made you show your work? Like, I don't know why you're mad. You're the teacher. You know the answer. I got the right answer. It's none of your business how I got to it. (laughs) Why? is the goal of the equation not to solve the equation. Why would I have to show all my work? Another thing that really got me going in school that was a really big lie is they told me, you're not always gonna have a calculator, so this is important. (laughs) Well, that didn't pan out real well for them. You had to show your work and in school because the the process was important. How you got to the answer that you were getting the concept, the the point of school and especially higher education is not as much what you're learning, but it's learning how to learn, learning how to develop, learning how to problem solve. And in math, especially at high levels, the the process of getting to it is actually the point. The the answer is great, but the process and all of the numbers and all of the showing of your work is 
the point, and I'm here to tell you today that the nine to five, the grind, the, the day to day, the normal part of our life that we are searching for a destination, we're searching to arrive somewhere, the big things of God, the amazing plans he has for us, but oftentimes in our discipleship journey, in our Christian journey, showing our work and the, the process in which we go from the beginning to the end is actually the point. We're trying to rush through the nine to five. We're trying to get past the grind. We're trying to be validated or find all our fulfillment in the nine to five. But the grind of the process is actually the point. I wanna change our perspective today on the nine to five. I wanna change our perspective today on our thinking of our day-to-day journey with Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. This is the gospel, that when we come to Jesus, when we surrender our life to his lordship, to his leading, when we recognize that we are a sinner in need of a savior, that the old life is gone, a new life has begun. And that new life, I want you to catch this today, should come with a new perspective. It should come with a new filter, a a, a fresh and new perspective on how we see everything. That we're not just called to to be Christians every once in a while. We're not just called to, to walk this life out every once in a while. There's a perspective both on the platforms and the places of influence and the big things of God and in the mundane monotony of everyday grind nine to five we find that there's something different that God could be doing, that he could be developing something, that we're not just grinding to make a living, we're not just grinding to make a name for ourselves. we're not just suffering or surviving these seasons, we're actually thriving and being all that God has called us to be in every season, in every setting, in every place of life. Look at what Colossians says, come on, it's gonna be on the screen, Colossians chapter three, let's put it up there, Forum team, work willingly at, you get nervous because I asked you to, to talk out loud in church, work willingly at, so like half of you, work willingly at, whatever, not just some things, not just church things, not just Sundays, not just small groups, not just the things that we think are important or the things that people will notice. No, it says work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. That wherever we go, whatever we do, wherever we are, that God has a a purpose for us being there. It's a new perspective. That we're not just surviving, that we're actually placed in these places, in this nine to five, in this job, in this family, in this sphere of influence, in this setting, to live differently. Wherever you go, whatever you do, work diligently, work willingly, serving and loving people. We, we try to survive the nine to five to get to whatever we wanna get to. 
Because we've been convinced that we should be obsessed with our, our happiness. We talk about it all the time here at Action Church. God is way more concerned with your holiness than your happiness. And oftentimes, the grind, the nine to five, is what he uses to develop your holiness. To develop the things that need to change. It's not in our, our best of days in which we grow. It's in our toughest of times. So we're running from the nine to five, and I want to tell you today, the nine to five is the point. The discipleship is day to day. We're trying to escape the actual plan that God puts in place for us to be developed. The nine to five produces faithfulness. The nine to five produces our discipleship journey. The nine to five refines the holiness that God is trying to draw out of us. We wait for the big moments. God is far more concerned with the normal ones. Jesus said, come and follow me. He's like, hey guys, here's where you are. Let's go on a journey together. Come and follow me. Why? Because he knew that the discipleship process, the learning process, the growing process would happen way more in the in-between meetings than at the actual meetings. It was, Christianity was not a, a once a week thing to them. Most of you at Action Church is a once a month thing. Oh, come on. Yeah. The room's full today. Wasn't full last week. We were here. Be here next week, too. No, it's, I'm kidding. Not really, but I'm. It was follow because he's like, hey, you're, you're going to get you're going to get a lot of stuff from my teaching. But 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 the teaching is is just the beginning of it. Like the the. the the attending the service is important. The gathering of believers is important, but it's just the be beginning of it. It's the, it's the grind. It's the nine to five. It's the pursuit of God. It's the including him in everything. It's the following him. Jesus oftentimes would take his disciples away from the large groups and sit them down and say, hey, here, here's what I was really talking about. It's not in the biggest of moments, but in the small details of life that God begins to work out the things on the inside of us. Discipleship is in the grind. Discipleship is where growth happens, and oftentimes it's in the nine to five. It's in the normal. It's in the grind. Not just grinding to make a living, we're grinding to become who Christ has called us to be. Colossians 3, verse 23, work willingly whatever you do, so you're working for the Lord. That has to be our focus, faithfulness, development, Normal moments, not just big moments. God, God is way more concerned at who you're becoming than what you're providing, building, or creating on your own. We're obsessed, so we're either we're either trying to survive the grind, or we find all our all of our identity in the nine to five. Come on, I'm not saying everybody fits in these two categories, but in different seasons, I do. I either find all of my value and identity in what I do, or I'm just trying to get through it to get to the next thing. And I'm trying to change our perspective both. We should be living in it. We should be focused on what God is doing in the midst of it, but we should not get our identity based off of how good or bad we do in our 
grind at our job, we should get our identity on who we're becoming in our relationship with Jesus. It's a different perspective, because here's what I know. You say, Pastor, does it not matter what I do? No, if you are becoming the right thing, if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to develop you in the right way, the fruit of that becoming will be an overflow of good works and good deeds. It's the idea or the focus that I am not building my life in the nine to five, because of the nine to five, I'm building my life in Christ, which then changes my perspective and my actions as I walk through everything in life. Thank you, Pastor Eddie. Everybody else, you missed it. That really was good. I had it in my notes right here. This is gonna be a really cool moment for us, and they're gonna get this, and the Holy Spirit's gonna speak to them, and they're gonna respond with amen or clapping, and you missed it. God is, is more concerned with your development than your earthly destinations. I'm not talking about eternity. The biggest concern is that we have a relationship with Jesus, so we spend eternity with him. But in this life, it's not just the answer to the equation. It's showing your work. It's not just the destination. It is the development. You are in a development process, and God uses the nine to five, the grind, the day to day to develop us as believers. What would keep us from, from living the nine to five the way that God would have us to live? What would keep us stuck, if you will? Ephesians 5, where I wanna unpack three things that would keep us from living the, the day to day that, that God would have us to live. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. So be careful how you live, because it matters. Now again, our, our, our objective is to become who God has called us to become, so we pursue him, but then our life should be different. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. I love Paul just gets a little savage every once in a while. He's like, hey, hey stop being an idiot. I'd love that. Paul could preach here for sure. He would, you would just really, it would, it would feel like, feel familiar. You know, just don't be an idiot. And simple, but, but live like those who are wise. So you can pick foolishness or you can pick wisdom. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. What would keep us living like fools in absence of wisdom in our nine to five? Three things quickly, write this down. What would keep us living like fools, missing the point of the process? Write this down, too much stress. Too much stress. Come on, you've heard like preachers say, I'm just I'm too blessed to be stressed. Some of you are too stressed, you're never gonna be blessed. <laughs> Because you're, you're, you're carrying too much. God can't give you what he needs to give you in strength and power and healing and redemption, whatever, because you're, you're holding on to all of it. You, you will always be grinding the wrong way. You will always be fighting the wrong fights. You will always be overwhelmed and anxious if you're trying to do the nine to five, if you're trying to do the parenting thing or the marriage thing or the career thing or the school thing on your own. Too much stress has you focused on the wrong things. You're not operating wisdom. You're not making the most of every opportunity. You can't make the most of every opportunity because you can't get past what you're struggling with right now because you're just too stressed. We talked about a couple weeks ago that worry is a deposit into an imaginary world that you've made up in your mind, and the Bible gives us a promise that if we will pray, if we will cast all our anxieties, if we will bring it to God, he will replace our worry with peace. Well, I think 21 days of prayer is so important. You can exchange some things this week over the next three weeks, and you can pick up some peace. You can pick up some hope 
when you give those things to God. You will always operate in the nine to five the wrong way. Overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, stressed out if you don't give it to God. The second one, write this down, is habitual distractions. Come on, we have to be the most distracted generation in history. When's the last time you were at a stoplight and didn't pull out your phone? Can't even sit at a stoplight without scrolling. You ain't got in an elevator without scrolling. Guys, you sure as heck haven't gone to the bathroom without your phone. We can't even do basic bodily functions without being distracted. It's when all your friends or your significant others get 20 reels that you've watched while sitting on the toilet. And I get it. I get it. Sometimes that's the only vacation you get from the kids. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of go in there and lock the door. I'm not even going to the bathroom anymore. I'm just sitting. Just feels safer. The enemy, the enemy keeps us distracted because he knows if we never sit in those places and allow God to speak and allow God to come in and allow God to give the peace or the purpose, if we're always just going from one thing to the next thing and every moment that we're always distracted, he knows that we're never gonna be fulfilled, we're never gonna be healed, we're never gonna get what God has for us because we're always looking at something else. If the enemy can't destroy you, which he can't if you've given your life to Jesus, he will spend the rest of your life distracting you and we're enabling it because we're not allowed to just, we're not allowing ourselves just to sit. When I am hurting, maybe I should seek God. While I am anxious, maybe I should pray. Maybe I, maybe I am hurt, maybe I should seek a friend to comfort. Maybe I, maybe I did say something wrong. Maybe I should ask for forgiveness, but we are so distracted and so stressed, we never stop to allow the normal moments with God to convict us or shape us or, or change us. So we keep the foolish cycle going because we are too stressed to notice or we're too distracted to notice. Or the last one, we're too self-centered. The last thing that'll keep you foolish is self-centered goals. Some of you are obsessed with the nine to five because it validates your significance. You use what you've done or what you've earned to cover your insecurity. That you say, look at, look at what I've done, look at what I've done so nobody will ever look at who you are. You spend your whole life playing a smoke and mirrors game of I'm successful when really you're just broken. And we keep making foolish decisions because we are not allowing the Spirit of God to speak to that place because we're stressed, we're distracted, or we're so self-centered that we just keep him out of it. That we've placed his, our agenda over his and therefore we're the Lord of our own life and so he will not speak to something that you don't give him access to. If you want to handle it on your own, he'll let you. But there's a better way. Here's what I want to get to as we wrap up this, this nine to five message. It's all in Genesis chapter two, verse 15. So we have the three things that would keep us from, from really getting into this process and getting all that God has for us to get out of it and then doing the right things with it. Genesis two, verse 15, I got a few things, four things, two main things, kind of two subpoints to those. Genesis 2.15, this is Adam and Eve. The Lord God placed 
He placed, he placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. God placed to tend and to watch over. The nine to five, write this down, the nine to five places us in God's process. Places us in God's process. Sometimes where God places you, what you're actually doing isn't always the primary objective. But possibly who you're doing it with, why you're doing it, or who you're becoming in the process. I want you to get this today, that every place, every place has a purpose. Every place has a purpose when it's surrendered to God. Every place of triumph, every place of defeat, every place of healing, every place of trauma. Why? Because if you're placed there, then God has placed you there for a reason or he will use the place in which you put yourself in or somebody else puts you in. If you give it to him, it can still be redeemed for your good and for his glory. Every place has a purpose. Why am I walking through this? Why, why, why may not be the right question. God, what are you doing? What am I supposed to learn? Who am I supposed to help? We're trying to avoid the nine to five. We're trying to avoid the pain. We're trying to avoid the tough journey. We're trying to avoid all of it. And God is saying, how in the world could I reach all the people if I never place certain people in certain places? God places you there. God placed Adam in the garden. Placed him there, but then he equips us. Write this down. God equips us for the grind. God never puts you in a place without the resources to accomplish what he's calling you to accomplish in it. You ever had a bad boss or bad supervisor that gave you a job but didn't train you how to do it? <laughs> like, can you imagine, like, getting sent out to like the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and never being trained to do it. You'd never see so many angry Christians in your whole life. It'd be like our church parking lot after this service today. God creates you on purpose and for purpose. He placed you, but he also equips you. What I mean by that is is oftentimes we're saying, God, I will do something for you when I'm ready. What I'm telling you is if God's placed you there, he's already giving you the resources, the tools, the training, the equipping to do it. He doesn't call us to do something that we're not equipped to do. If he's put you in that place, I promise you, you have the tools, you have the training. Now, whether you've utilized it, where you've leaned into your relationship with God, whether you've leaned into the relationships around you, whether you've been diligent and disciplined to walk that out, I don't know, but I promise you, it's all around you. You just have to lean into it. Places us in God's process, the nine to five does. God equips us for the grind. Here's the next one, God empowers us in the nine to five. He empowers us. He equips us for the grind, and he empowers us in the nine to five. He gives you everything that you need. God, for whatever reason, chose to use us. And so God could do it all by himself, but he actually releases us to do it. 
Look at Adam. He says, I placed you there to tend and to look over. He could have done it all, but he said, Adam, why don't you do something around here? I want you to tend the garden, and I want you to, to oversee everything. I want you to name all the animals. And he gives us not just the, the resources, but then he gives us the release to do it. Too many of us are waiting on God to do something he's already asked you to do. What if Adam was like, just some animals just running around not named, and he's like, God, these are your animals. He's like, I told you to do it. He equipped him, he empowered him, he released him. God also gives you the endurance to keep going through the grind. He equips you. He empowers you, and then he gives you the endurance to keep going because he knows we're going to need it because consistency over time is what produces results. And you're going to have to have endurance. He placed, he tended, and then he watched over. Notice he gave him some big things to do and some small things to do. said, you will have dominion over these animals. You will rule them. You will name them. That had to be fun and a little overwhelming. And maybe we wish he would have killed a few in the process. You know what I mean? Like just, like how did the mosquitoes make it? Like just, just, that had to be sin. Mosquitoes, snakes, maybe some spiders. I just don't know. Had some really cool things to do, but, but, you think about it, most of his days weren't in the dominion ruling over and the naming. Most of his days were tending the garden. It would have been the work. It would have been the plow. It would have been the, 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 the bleeding, the sweating. There was work to do and there was leadership and influence to build. Most of us want the, the watching over without the tending. So we're placed in this season and we want the testimony. We want the triumph. We want the next. We want the big. And God is saying, but I need you to tend. Because the tending, the work, the, that's what brings us back to our relationship with God. If it was all just the ruling over and the, the dominion, then we would, but it's the work. I, I, I'm hurting. This is hard. I need some help. This broke. Can you, can you fix it? It's the tending that causes us to lean back into our relationship with God. Try and skip the tending and just get to the overseeing and the influence part. And we miss the process. And the process is the point. Adam kept a garden. David led a flock, Peter caught fish. God used meaningless jobs and long seasons in obscurity to develop men who led at the highest level. David wasn't even in the line to be picked because he was in the nine to five. If you skip the nine to five, if you skip the process, you'll never be the person in the place that God needs because you would have missed the preparation. Elisha, one of the 
great prophets in the Old Testament. He wasn't preaching. He wasn't building a social media following. He wasn't becoming an influencer. He wasn't honing his craft and waiting to be noticed or seen. He was picking up poop behind cows. And Elijah walked by and said, that's a man of God. Come and follow me. He didn't have a big service. He didn't have a big training. He said, hey, would you come learn what I'm learning? We need to change our perspective in the nine to five, but we also need to change how we're developing the people that are coming behind us in the nine to five. I didn't say this first service. Jesus said, follow me. Elijah said, follow me. Who's following you and how well are you leading them? There's a line in the song, there's a better life and you dream about it, don't you? There's a better way to live. There's a better way to walk through the nine to five. Nine to five. The team told me we were gonna do that song and I thought it was the dumbest idea in action church history. I almost quit. <laughs> if this is what my leadership produces, I'm a failure. May God have mercy on my soul. No, it was a ton of fun and Adrian and the team and Kelly and choreography and whoever else saw the uniforms and costumes and spins. Nine to five. It really is a silly song that goes nowhere. If you really think about it, like if you just really drill down, not a lot of substance. I believe this. I really believe today was a divine moment with a fun and, and silly song, because I need you to catch this revelation. I actually believe that nine to five is the filter in which God wants you to see the places, the seasons, the people, the life that he has for you. I actually think we should live our life nine to five, and here's what I mean by that. The number nine in scripture, used 49 times, symbolize divine completeness or conveys the meaning of finality. Christ died at hour nine of the day or 3 p.m. to make salvation possible for everyone. The Day of Atonement, which is Yom Kippur, is the only one of God's annual feasts for his chosen people, the Jewish people, of worship that requires believers to fast for one day. This special day, this holy day, is considered many, by many the holiest of the year. It begins at sunset on day nine of the seventh Hebrew month. I believe that our life starts with the number nine. What do I mean by that? Jesus died for your salvation. You cannot get through the grind. You cannot produce in your relationships. You cannot walk through this life and find purpose and fulfillment without the number nine being a filter, and that is a filter of salvation, that you were saved by grace through faith, nothing that you could earn or deserve, that you and I deserved an eternity apart from God, but because of 3 p.m. on a Friday, the ninth hour, Jesus dying in your place. That's how you get through it. Pastor, that's too simple. It's not. There is no other way but through Jesus. No one comes to the Father but through the Son. There's no way to heaven except through Jesus. There's no access to power in this life through the Holy Spirit except through relationship with Jesus. Your day should start with the number nine. It is nine to five because without a foundation of salvation, I got nothing to help you. 
and nobody else does either. They can medicate it, they can numb it, they can give you some good ideas, they can distract you, but they cannot help you because the only thing that will save you is Jesus. Nine, nine to five. Number five symbolizes God's grace, his goodness, and his favor towards humans. The word five is recorded 345 times in scripture. Since five represents grace, when it's multiplied on itself, that it's not just the grace that saves us, but it's the grace that sustains us. It produces 25, which is grace upon grace, John 1:16. The 10 commandments contain two sets of five commandments. The first five commandments are related to our treatment and relationship with God. The remaining ones are concerning our relationship with humans. How do we get through the grind? The number five, the grace that saved you. Started with nine, it ends with five. Nine to five because the grace that saves you also sustains you. It allows you to stay in constant relationship with God because you receive something you didn't deserve. It allows you to stay in constant healthy relationship with others because it's nine to five that I receive something. The, the grace that saves me also sustains me and empowers me to then give that away. I'm not gonna be stressed. I'm not gonna be distracted. I'm not gonna be self-centered. Why? Because I know I got something I didn't deserve, nine. I'm not gonna be overwhelmed, I'm not gonna be stagnant, I'm not gonna just suffer and survive well because it's not just starting at salvation, it's nine to five. I've received grace upon grace, not just grace to save me, but to sustain me so I can be a better father, I can be a better husband, I can be a better leader, I can be a better coworker, I can be a better Christian, that it's not just a Sunday thing, it's an everyday thing, it's not just the big moments, it's every single moment that I will live my life nine with Jesus at the beginning and Jesus at the end. Jesus is the author and the finisher. He's the architect and he's the builder and the foundation all at the same time. What if you changed your view of nine to five, changed your view of your Lord and Savior Jesus and changed your view of whatever place that he's put you in? We had a different filter, nine, salvation to five grace upon grace may not be perfect but it will look different and i believe that in jesus name would you bow your heads at all of our locations every head bowed every eye closed god we love you we praise you we thank you today for your word and we thank you that you've placed us that you've given us a job to do and you've given us the the grace to do it church every head bowed and every eye closed i want to give you an opportunity right now to start a new day, nine to five, salvation. Grant you mercy and forgiveness and grace. And also access to the Holy Spirit, grace upon grace, the power to, to live the life that God's called you to live, to, to be equipped, to be empowered. It comes through your relationship to the Holy Spirit, which is only access through Jesus. How do I do that, Pastor? Romans says it very clearly. When we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we can and will be saved. I want to give that opportunity today to make Jesus the Lord of your life. What does that mean? It means he's in control. It means he gets the glory and you don't. It means you give him your burdens and you take back some hope and some peace and some faith. There's a, a great exchange that happens that we get a relationship with God the Father through the sacrifice of the Son. What do I mean by that? Jesus lived for you a perfect life, died as you on that cross, the ninth hour, and it's important because he died in your place. He didn't just die for you, he died as you, like he took what you deserved. 
that gave you access to salvation. His resurrection gives you and I access to victory over sin in the grave. And our job is to surrender, to release control and say your ways, your leadership, not mine. If you wanna do that today across all of our locations, you wanna give your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've been distracted, you've been overwhelmed, you've, you've done the church thing before, but you've really never done the, the Lordship thing. You've never given Jesus complete control or you've walked an aisle, you've prayed a prayer, you've raised your hand, but you say today, Pastor, I, I, I know that, that I'm doing this the wrong way, that I'm doing it on my own strength, on my own accord, on my own actions, on my own grind, and I have not put on this nine to five filter of salvation and grace. If you wanna recommit your life today across all of our locations, I'd love to pray with you as well. So for the first time, or for the first time in a long time, would you raise your hand right where you are and say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I wanna change my filter on my nine to five. Yes, 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 yep. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Anybody else? I need Jesus to be the Lord. I'm changing my filter today. Yeah, gotcha, yes, sir. See you in the stadium, yep, yep. Come on, Sanford and Oviedo, online as well. You can put your hands down. If you pray, if uh, you raise your hand, I'd love for you to pray this prayer. Pray it in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say something like this. Say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. God, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And today I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. And God, I give you that place in my life. God, I give you complete control. Have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, God, I pray for all of us today. God, I pray that you change our perspective this week. As we go throughout these 21 days of prayer, I pray that we would bring our, our cares, our anxieties, our stress, our worries to you, and I pray that peace would be exchanged in Jesus' name. God, I pray as we walk throughout the day today that you would give us divine moments, God opportunities to become the people that you're calling us to become and to represent that so that others will see your glory and your goodness and your love for them. We love you. We thank you for meeting us here this morning. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at Action Church said amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate the decisions that were just made? Come on, really celebrate them. So proud of you.